Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll be beginning in in, uh, verse 50. And so, Father, we're so grateful this morning for the love and the grace and the mercy that you've bestowed upon us, Lord. You are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, Lord. Oh, Lord, you are the God of Israel. No doubt, Lord, your people, according to the flesh, they are in great turmoil right now, and the world is against them. And we, as your church, your bride, are praying for Israel, Lord, that your guidance, that your blessings, that your your hand would just be upon them, Lord. And I I pray for strength and resolve, and I, I pray that their eyes would be open, that you... Jesus are their Mashiach, their Messiah. And we just pray, Lord, for our church to be vigilant, for our church to be all that you desire us to be. Father, we are your people, the sheep of your pasture. Teach us from your word. Give us humble hearts, Lord, for you teach the humble your ways. Remove from us arrogance. Remove from us pride. Help us, Father. Holy Spirit, move this morning. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. As you know, the Apostle Paul is addressing the issue of the resurrection. There were uh, false teachers that came into the Corinthian church who were uh, preaching the denial of a bodily resurrection. They believed, these false teachers, that all that there is to life is in this world. When a person dies, that's it. But obviously that isn't true, and it's contrary to the gospel. The gospel is everything that Christ preached, but also his actions. That he lived a sinless life, he preached repentance and faith in him, and He died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day. All of it must be believed in order for us to be saved. Uh, The apostle Paul said, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty because we have testified that God raised up Christ. If the dead do not rise, he said, then Christ is not risen and your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. And so, if Christ is not risen, then we are not saved. It's that important. But Christ is risen. Jesus kept his word. He predicted his death and his resurrection, and it came true because we serve a covenant God. And he promised us and sealed it with his blood on the cross at Calvary. We are saved because of the fact that he died and rose again. In Matthew 26, verse 28, the Lord said to his disciples and to us here this morning, 
For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That's the covenant that he kept and proved it by his resurrection. In John 14, 19, he says, because I live, you will live also. Beautiful words from our Lord. Because I live, you will live also. And then in Hebrews chapter 7, we're told in verse 24 and 25, but he, because he continues forever, you see, Jesus continues forever. He, he is resurrected, has an unchangeable uh, priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And so even at this moment, because Jesus is risen and is at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for you and for me that we would be strengthened, that our faith would grow, that our hope would grow, that our love would grow, that our service towards him will grow, that we would be protected from the enemy. Jesus ever lives to intercede for you and for me. What a beautiful thing that is because we get tired and and oftentimes we're, we're too tired to pray the Flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. It's good to know that our risen king is continually and constantly praying for you and for me. We're told in Colossians by the Apostle Paul, chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, he's, he's speaking about, uh, uh, about the Colossians and, and, or to the Colossians. He says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he, that is Jesus, has made, has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. He's made us alive together with him and has forgiven us of all of our trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He took care of our sins. We are alive because he is alive. In Isaiah 1.18, it says famously concerning our sins and God dealing with it. He says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And then Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And so Jesus, the fact that he's resurrected, not only does it cleanse us of all of our sins, but he also left to be able to then send the Holy Spirit, who we love, the third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us, revives us, comforts us, teaches us, counsels us. He is the power behind our Christian faith. He is the one that does it in and through us. And also, Paul says concerning the Holy Spirit in Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We have the spirit of adoption. Jesus Christ has made us his children. Why? Because he died, was buried, and rose again. We need that resurrection reality in our lives today. 
There shouldn't be any more excuses for a constant day in and day out of depression and anxiousness and, and a lack of life and a lack of peace and a lack of power. It is there for all of us. He gave us his Holy Spirit so that we can be witnesses to Jesus Christ. But we must seek him. We must be close to him in order for the Holy Spirit to really give us that resurrection power. Amen? So many benefits. We can be here all day. They're for you and they're for me. But it's up to us to spend time with the Lord. It's up to us to build that relationship. No more excuses. No more woe is me. No more, uh, you know, I'm a victim. We're a victim of nothing. We're victorious now in Christ. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And he has made us more than conquerors. We're no longer orphans. We are all children of God. And I grew up without a father. I grew up in a broken home. But I'm no longer an orphan. I'm no longer fatherless because we serve the God of the fatherless. We have all that we need for life and godliness in Jesus Christ. We must spend time with them, though. We must spend time with them. The Christians that are constantly in a, in a rut are those who they simply do not spend time with the Lord as they should. And if you say, well, pastor, you just don't know them or you just don't know me. I know this. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But it does work because he said it, he promised it, and our lives are living proof that we can have life and that much more. He said, he didn't say I came to give you life and that much more, uh, that much more boring or that much more depressed or that much more anxious. He says, I came to give you life and that much more abundantly. It's the devil that comes to try to steal and kill your joy. Amen. All right. So verse 50, Paul continues. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. And so it's an interesting term that Paul the Apostle uses for the bodies that we currently occupy, these bodies of ours. He calls them corruption, right? Corruption. Bodies are called corruption. That's what he's referring to them in this chapter and he refers to the new body that we receive when we're with the Lord. He refers to that as incorruption, right? So the body is what? Corruption. And the better body, the new body we're going to receive is called incorruption, right? So he refers to those, uh, to our bodies in that way. He says, flesh and blood cannot inherit uh, the kingdom of God. And that is true. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Can you imagine going to heaven with these bodies instead of a new one? These bodies that are broken and tired and deal with all kinds of issues. Do we really want to drag these bodies uh, into heaven? Uh, the Lord, we're told by, by Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1 that we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We have a better body, a better house that God has prepared. The reality of the believer is that our souls have been redeemed because of our faith in Jesus Christ. 
Our souls have been saved, but our bodies have not. Our bodies are, are just as wicked and distorted as they ever have been. Just our souls have been saved. The Apostle Paul speaks of the, uh, of the intense battle between the flesh and the spirit within every believer. Why? Because these bodies are not redeemed. As you can tell, if they were redeemed, I'm pretty sure we'd be flying around the room. <laughs> You're right? And so turn with me to Romans 7, please, and we'll, we'll just see, uh, be reminded of, of that fact concerning these bodies. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, And give me an amen once you are there. In Ro uh, yeah, Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. And so the Apostle Paul, within his spirit, he willed to do good. He willed to want to honor God. For the good, verse 19, that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. He finds himself, this struggle, sin within his flesh. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. That's the reality of every believer. Isn't that crazy? That though we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus, though His Holy Spirit's in us, His, our flesh is evil. And it wants to stir things up in, a, in, in an evil way. He says, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. There's the, the spirit and the soul that have been touched and saved by God. Desires to do good in the inward man and the inward woman. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. And our flesh attacks the mind. It attacks the 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 computer of our lives, right? Our mind, it, it attacks the, the, the brain, I guess, what do you, the brain or whatever. What do they call that in the computer? Hard the hard drive. Thank you, Steve. So the flesh goes for the hard drive of a person. The software. The software. <laughs> But I see another law in my mind, uh, in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. There's the answer. I thank God it is through Jesus Christ that we can overcome this corrupt body of ours. We can live in victory by the power of Jesus Christ. And he thanks Jesus for that. He thanks Jesus for that. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And we continue in Romans 8. 
There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those of us struggling with this, and all of us struggle with this battle between our bodies and the, and the Spirit in us, our spirit, there's this battle. But he says there's no condemnation anymore. Don't condemn yourself over this reality. Walk in the Spirit. Walk after God, and you shall be fine. That's what he's saying here. Walk with Jesus. Who do not, we who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We could not live good lives. We cannot live right lives according to the law. None of us can keep the law. None of us can overcome our flesh until Jesus did. And now we follow his example, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can overcome our flesh and walk in victory. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Remember when the Lord told Peter, Peter, you're mindful of the things of earth, not mindful of the things of heaven. We as Christians need to remember that this morning, that in order to overcome our flesh, in order to overcome our corrupt bodies, we must keep our eyes on heaven. We must be seeking the Lord. That is where the power is over our flesh. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It's life and peace. Does that summarize who we are this morning? I live a life that's good, a life and a life of peace. Life speaks of freshness, newness, action, activity, joy, enthusiasm. Are you alive in Christ? Are you passionate? Are you zealous? Or are you down and depressed? And, and, and you know, if you're going through a trial, we get it. But if it's a constant just, then we must ask God, why, if you promised me life and that much more abundantly, why is my life not, do I not sense your peace and your abundance? And it may be because you're mindful of the things of this world and not mindful of the things of heaven. Come away and spend time with the Lord. We are promised in Galatians 5 that if we walk in the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit, Jesus said, pray lest you enter into temptation. Prayer is the key thing. If you're struggling with, with, with inactivity, with boredom in your faith, and it's not exciting for you, and you're just not passionate or zealous, or man, seek the Lord in prayer. Spend time with him because we serve a resurrected God. And the Holy Spirit in us yearns jealousy. I was out yesterday in Whitewater. I go out there from time to time, not because I'm spiritual or more spiritual than anybody else. I go out of desperate need. I go out there to prepare my heart from time to time. 
So I'm I'm going down the road and it's closed because, you know, the whole thing got washed out or whatever, but they're kind of opening it up a little bit. You can go further. And then I, you know, I'm going down the road yesterday and I come across a CHP coming the opposite way. And I go, oh, he's going to kick me out. Oh, bummer. But that's not the case. He comes up, rolls down. He, he tells me to stop. I pull up next to him. We're on, we're on opposite sides. So we're window to window. The officer has a big old smile. He says to me, he says, I'm looking for, I'm looking for, I got a call and I'm looking for a green Bronco. <laughs> I go, oh, he's messing with me. He's messing with me. Really? A green Bronco? He goes, yeah, we got a call. There's a green Bronco stuck in the river here, but everyone's okay. I go, yeah, yeah, well, that's not me. He goes, well, how often do you, do you come here? I got a couple times a month, you know, I, I come out here. You know, I'm a minister in Banning, and so I come out here to kind of work on my sermons. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, but you, do you drive down there? I go, not in this Bronco. I'm not driving it down. The paint job, man, it's going to get all scratched up. I park on the road, and I walk to the little stream down there. That's what I do. And he just smiled, and I don't know what that was all about. But he, I, I, I pray for him because maybe that he just needed to. But what are the chances in the million chances that a CHP officer would say, I'm looking for a green Bronco? You don't have to give the whole gospel. Sometimes you just got to tell them who you are in Christ. You know, you can tell them, yeah, I'm here for a hike or I'm a believer. And from time to time, I go on a hike to spend time with Jesus. And that's, that's a seed. So, but anyways, what prayer does is it makes our lives lively. Makes our lives lively. Gets us realigned with God. And we all need realignment. Alignment. Often. Like way often. You know what I mean? Way often. It's like, really this often? Yeah, and the older we are in the Lord, more is required. You've been given more days in life, more is required. More prayer, more study, more service. All of it is supposed to grow. And peace that surpasses all understanding. Man, as peace comes over us when we pray. What's bothering you and what's bothering me that he cannot take care of? I mean, how he whispers in my heart, you know, don't worry, oh, you of little faith. Just keep seeking me. I'll take care of all of your problems, all of them. You don't have to worry. These bodies of death, they want us to worry and freak out. And they don't want to go pray, our bodies. They want to eat Twinkies. <laughs> so back to our text. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because if we can take these bodies to heaven, we would pollute heaven. Right? We would just pollute it. So it's like, nah, he's going to give us uh, new bodies. And I started thinking about that. I think, I think that... We're going to look really different, I think. 
You know, like if you think of a, a, a pine cone, cone or a seed, it looks nothing like the tree. Nothing like it. So I think, you know, we'll know who we are. But, man, I wonder. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit. And, and if I would belabor this one single verse even more, I mean, how much does Christ want you and I to inherit now that he cannot because there's too much corruption in our lives? Too much corruption. What you're praying for, oh, that requires more. Hey, I remember the church has been around for like 15 years this Easter. And it's, uh, there's a lot that I prayed for that God was like, uh, I don't think so. Because Ryan, uh, you need to step up to the plate. You need to grow more. You need to surrender more. You need to die more. So think about that. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.